Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 192 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name's Paul Hines, my voice is shot to bits because, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special podcast. I uh, People out there, as you know, you, the you, are used to us recording in such glamorous locations as the sewing room and uh, my bedroom and perhaps Nathan's living room from time to time, occasionally in a pub somewhere, or even Wembley Stadium. But today, for episode 192, we are, well, I am, I am in inside Paycor Stadium recording this very podcast. How about that? It's incredible. I am in a media room here at the, uh, at the stadium and uh, very pleased to be here. So huge thanks to the Bengals for letting us do this. Sad to say, well, I'm, I'm happy to say that Nathan Palmer is, is here, but I'm sad to say that he's not sitting next to me. He's back in London town. Nathan, are you there? I am there, son, and far from being in the glamorous location of Paycor Stadium, I'm in my office um, working late. So there you go. It's quite a juxtaposition um, for yourself. It but, is, um, it is, it is. Uh, yeah, I'm extremely jealous, as I'm sure many of the listeners are. Well, uh, if listeners don't know, there was a group of 25 of us um, that came over for the Carolina game. We had a fantastic weekend, and I just want to... Shout out the people who came on the trip because they were really were a special bunch and we all kind of got on famously and had some great experiences. So Joseph Jones, Rasha Hussein, Duncan Yeadon, you know Duncan Yeadon, the slam dunk, the funk. Solid handle. Stuart Baird, Scott Baird, Stuart Shrimpton, Chris Roberts, Nick Parker and his son Ben, uh, Hazel O'Connor, Connor O'Connor, Alex McQueen, Natalie Hoffman, Alex Costa... John and Animal Ward, Paris Penny, who you know from this podcast, uh, who frequents um, or at least interacts with us quite often. Neil Gillett, the brilliant Neil Gillett. Andrew Maguire and his 12-year-old son, Felix Maguire. Richard Haig, Samuel Mullock. That was the Motley crew. Big up to all you guys. I know that uh, you guys are all at home now. Uh, I'm sticking around for the rest of the week, uh, soaking up everything that Cincinnati has to offer. I just say my voice is shot from the whole weekend, from shouting and uh, talking a lot. It's been fantastic. So um, thanks, everyone, for coming. And hopefully we'll do this uh, again. And what a game we saw. I mean, uh, I don't know what it was like on the other side of the pond, Nathan, but uh, would are you going to use that word? Are you going to use that word for this one? Oh, without a doubt. It was an absolute throlicking, and we were waiting <laughs> for it, and we weren't sure if all, you know, a couple of games had been quite good in, but that was an absolute beatdown, wasn't it? That was just an absolute an assault on the Panthers, <laughs> and that game was... I, I, I tweeted it during the game. I don't think we've seen, or I've seen a better performance from this team in the first half, full stop. I mean, if you go 35 nil up at home against the team, I mean, get your coat, go home, you, you've pulled. You know what I mean? Unbelievable yeah. first half of football from the Bengals. Oh, yeah, I mean, yes, I have to agree with that. It was just insane. The way they started both on both sides of the ball, they say Caroline had been improving and playing quite well and... Uh, and then they, the Bengals just smother them, don't they? I mean, great drives uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Joe Boy looked really sharp. Uh, we, we'll get to the main man in a second. But and then on defense, they they stopped, they shut down Deonta Foreman, who was obviously a threat. Um, 
cause PJ Walker all sorts of problems and uh, just a fantastic performance both sides of the ball. Um, now then, we spent a lot of time last week, didn't we, talking about Joe Mixon, wondering what was going on. Why, was there something wrong or why was he not firing on all cylinders? Is you know What's going on with the scheme? What's going on with the, the whole running game full stop? And this week, Lord of mercy, he was shot out of a cannon. I mean, it was just complete madness, wasn't it? I mean, the whole season, nearly every game he struggled. He's not really been the Joe Mixon that we know. Um, I think he just lost his head, the geezer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just a completely ridiculous performance. Every run was going for five or ten yards every, you know, or more. Um, everything he touched turned to gold. I yeah. mean, the Panthers' defence, it's not one of the league's best defences, but it's also not a complete mess. You know, you've got Brian Burns on there, you've got a yeah, couple of yeah, other good yeah. players, and you just think, good Lord. I mean, the guy in both phases <laughs> of the game, 153 um, yards on the ground, and then if you want a bit more, you know, to add to that, 58 through the air, yeah. Another, obviously five touchdowns, a Bengals record for touchdowns in a game. I mean, that's yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, throw around stat. That's literally in the history of this franchise. All the great yeah. players that have come and gone, not one in any game has scored five touchdowns. And you won't find that very often across the league. It's an absurd stat. Yeah. Um, and it didn't matter whether he was catching it or rushing it. You know, the geezer put it up. And, I mean, it's weird because I can't – you don't really look around the league and see a player that's struggled pretty much, like I said, in every game, but then just out of nowhere mm. comes fully armed and just creates a bit of a scene like that. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. really was <laughs> – out of nowhere. You, you maybe he has 120 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. You say fair play to the geezer. Maybe that's him back in the fold. But what he did against the Panthers was nothing short of nuclear. Yeah, I mean, we all know that he's got it in him and he's played that well before. I'm not quite sure in, in, in terms of touchdowns, but yardage certainly. But, I mean, that's the thing. He, he looked, from where I was sitting up in the gods, um, uh, which was actually a great place to sit because you could see the plays developing a lot more. Um, again, the speed in which he got to those edges and they were obviously attacking the edges with that wide zone stuff that they like to do. And it was, I mean, every, uh, receivers blocking brilliantly, pulling and all that kind of stuff. And they're just creating huge holes on the on each side, of, not so much up the middle, but certainly... Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, when they went out wide, you know, they seemed to get a lot of success uh, in that respect. And it was just brilliant to see. And again, the speed at which he got to the line and his uh, his ability to shed tackles, which was something, and, and, and absorb hits, which is something that we spoke about. I tell you what, listen, Nathan, um, as you know, this podcast is a complete shambles, but because we're, I'm at Paycor today, there is going to be, uh, I think there's a bit of interference on the line. Um, I do apologise. But um, I'm going to uh, attempt to be a bit more professional. And um, uh, I managed to sit in with an interview with Brian Callahan yesterday. So here's a bit of Brian talking about the run game. You can't sit in one run scheme in the NFL and expect to, to have success. You know, you get, ultimately you'll get figured out. Um, there's ways to stop all of the run schemes. And so if you... If you major in one, there's ways to take it away. Um, you really try to be proficient in, in multiple schemes. And so uh, we've mixed in a good amount of, of tight zone, of gap schemes, of duo. Um, we've, we've pulled a lot the last couple of weeks. Um, we've run some counters and some perimeter stuff. So uh, you always have to be able to, to do all of it if you want to have a good run game. Um, and, and we've leaned into some of the shotgun stuff over the last month or so, um, some of the RPOs. And again, not every week is good for RPOs either. And so to be able to pivot and get to the things that we like versus different schemes. It's, it's not always going to be just one thing. You really have to be proficient in the run game and, and multiple schemes to have success. There you go. That's uh, Big Bry Callahan talking about the run game there. Um, but it was just sensational to see everything that they wanted and needed to happen to get that thing going happen against the Panthers, didn't it? Bloody hell. 100%. And... I think that you, Joe, Joe Burrow said it best when he was quoted during the game. There's a bit of a mic'd up situation with him. And he said, look, if we can get this run game going and run the ball like this every game, 
no one's going to beat us. And I don't even think you need to be running for 153 yards, seven you know, yards on average. I mean, even you, I tell you what you have to say as well. You talk about the run game. It wasn't just Joe Mixon. Some RJP Ryan ran yeah, bloody hard yeah, as well yeah, and put yeah. up some, you know, some fantastic yardage. He had over 50 yards and eight and a half yards a carry. I mean, it was an absolutely dominant performance by both running backs mm. um, in the 28 carries between them. That was fantastic. And, you know, a nod to Trent Taylor and Trent Irwin as well. They put up another 30 yards between them. So, I mean, it was absurd, really, but you look at the run game, and I know it's sort of mid-season now, and we want to do a bit of a review, but that's where you say, well, okay, that's great, and we've absolutely teed off against the Panthers and just buried them, yeah. took the ground, poured the concrete in, and, and left the scene. But we've got to try and replicate that in some way, shape, or form down the stretch, because there's going to be some good defences down the stretch we're going to come up against. And like I said, we don't expect a Panthers-style performance on the ground, but if we can start averaging, you know, four-plus yards a carry, really, you know, open up some lanes for Mixon and P. Ryan to run through, and if they can replicate a similar sort of standard, um, you know, or somewhere close to it as to what they put up on Sunday, we will be a really dangerous team, and it will help Joe Burrow, because you look at the game that he played against the Panthers, if you saw this stat line, 22 of 28, 206 yards and a touchdown, you'd be thinking, oh God, like at home, that's a bit concerning, is that enough, mm. is that really going to, um, you know, be enough to sort of put this team over? against a team like the Panthers and you know lo and behold we're up by 35 points at the half so it shows what can happen when you've got you know that sort of performance in the run from the run game so yeah I agree I, and actually Joe I think Joe Boy actually played a very good game he I mean just he was super sharp I mean the whole yes. team was like on it straight from the fir first whistle and I thought Burrow was sensational you know like really sharp and I said no, no real big plays and I loved some of the some of the, I mean, they utilised Trent Taylor really well, like the jet yeah, sweeps yeah. and things like that. They really... I like Trent Taylor. I think he's a good little player and he, he just sort of does his job. I know he had that fumble on the return earlier in the season. Yeah. Every return he gets, I think he makes the most of. He's not necessarily a guy that's going to take it to the house and be a sort of Adam Pacman Jones sort of ag agility threat. But he's very reliable. He, he just gets a bit more than you expect him to. Safe pair of hands. You know, I think he's, I think he's a good player on this team. He, yeah. He's not sparkly and flashy or anything a bit mental, but he's, he's just a reliable, solid, decent member of the roster. Yeah, um, I know. Actually, I, think, I think he's a good player, and I love the fact that they were utilising him in slightly different ways. They, I mean, they often, you know, Zach and Brian get often get criticised, sometimes rightly, sometimes perhaps not so rightly, that they're a bit one-dimensional, that they're a bit, you know, predictable. But the creativity on show was tremendous. I mean, the, the first, those first scripted plays were just killers, Absolute yep. killers. They just kept, as you say, Carolina haven't got a bad defence. They've been playing much better recently. And I know a lot of people are kind of saying, oh, but it was just the Panthers. But, you know, they have been playing better recently. And, um, yeah, I just thought their game plan was spot on. Very creative, very interesting. And, uh, you know, Joe Boy was sharing the, the load around, but it was really, you know, the, the running game. Um, I just want to talk briefly about... Um, Obviously, the defence was great. Uh, what they're doing without Cheeto and Mike Hilton and DJ Reader is quite extraordinary, I think. So here is Lou Anarumo talking about that now. Looking at the defence as a whole, what's impressed you the most nine weeks into the season? Um, just, um, you know, the guys that have stepped up. Uh, you know, we've had some injuries, obviously, but guys have uh, stepped up and played... Uh, meaningful and significant snaps and uh, have done well. So, um, you know, I think that's going to bode well for us down the stretch. Do you feel like the consistency across the defense and the team in general has been better the last few weeks than it was maybe at the beginning of the year? I feel like, you know, we've been fairly consistent on, on our side uh, throughout. Um, I think we're always striving to play complementary football in all three phases. And, uh, you know, it's going to be so important as we go down the stretch here with the uh, you know, the back half of the season with the teams and the quarterbacks we're about to play. So there you go. Unfortunately, I did introduce myself to Lou and had a bit of a chat with him, and he was really, you know, as cool as you would imagine. I didn't get a chance to, to ask, what would Lou do? <laughs> did, you have a, did you have a Peroni with him, Sam? Did he, no, did he, he didn't. He, his famous Peroni. No, he didn't. But he's a really sound guy. I mean, they all are, yeah. quite frankly. Do you know what I mean? It's really interesting to view 
these little interviews that don't take place on the rostrum with the with the Bengals background uh, in the back, um, you know, that we're used to seeing on YouTube. And these take place in another little room with all the journalists and they have weekly chats with the coordinators. So I was very privileged to kind of sit in on them. And... Um, but yeah, obviously Lou is completely delighted with. Uh... Well, and, that, and that's the thing in that game, you know. Joe Mixon's going to get all the headlines. The offense is going to get all of the pizzazz. But I tell you what, and this is the reason this game was so out of sight by half time. PJ Walker, three of ten for nine <laughs> yards and two interceptions. Yeah, not a great game and, from and, the, and you from just the think, young fella. Well, you know. By, I mean, the field position that we were able to give to Joe Burrow and yeah. Joe Mixon and just the amount of three and outs, just yeah. immediately, there you go, guys, there's another another chance for you. Yep, yep, all right, score. I mean, it was just, like I said, if you're looking at performances and, you know, I've been following the Bengals now, for God, it's got to be nearly 15 years. I just don't think I've seen a more one-sided game. I mean, by I the fact there was some splashy sort of pick sixes where you can just really pile on a team. I don't think you'll ever find a team like that's got to be nearly a record for the Bengals to be up by 35 points yeah, at the half. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the second half of the game, that's where, you know, you Brandon Allen gets in there. You're yeah. trying to preserve the starters, rightly so the offense and the defense are playing a little bit off. They're just trying to burn clock and yeah, yeah, yeah. wind the game out. I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield came in and played quite well to be fair to him, but against a team that was happy to just sort of give up short plays, yeah, of course, of course, you know, they're not really trying to sort of break the necks of anyone out there. So, but, I mean, just in- incredible. And as well as the offense played, there has to be a nod to the defense. Like you said, playing without Mike, um, playing without Cheeto, playing without Mike Hilton, playing without DJ Reader. And they looked as good as they've looked all season. Yeah, so and I think... Some I think credit yeah, for yeah. some of those guys. You yeah. know, Jesse Bates, people have been knocking him recently, like they've been knocking Joe Mixon. He had a fantastic interception in that game. Jermaine Pratt, yeah. really athletic play in the middle of the field to bring that one down and get that. And yeah, they've still got people like Lo- Logan Wilson, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard exactly. having good seasons, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah. you know, it's like the people like your Jalen Davises who came in and didn't skip a beat, you know, Joe fantastic. Bacci, people yeah. like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cam Taylor Britt learning all the time. Eli yeah. Apple bouncing back from a couple of bad games to play Jay really well. Fella, yeah, no, exactly. You, you can just go real, through it, and I think that's yeah. testament to Lou actually and his staff to be as well. Um, 100%. 100%. One, one thing I didn't sort of realise that was a thing that the journalists really seem to kind of be up on is the form of Evan McPherson. And, no, I know, um, I know, and also the form of we've talked about this a little bit. Um, the form of Kevin Huber. Now, Darren said some really, in- as we know, Darren's kind of very honest. He will not hold back in in what he's thinking and what's going on. And he said he is a little bit worried about Evan McPherson, but Evan McPherson is not worried about Evan McPherson, if that makes sense. He's he's very, he just kind of goes from one kick to the next. He doesn't let the last one affect him. His confidence is still very high, which is great to hear. Um and uh, he also revealed, Darren did, that because uh, people brought up the fact that, well, he was great last year. What's going on? And um, he said, well, before the Tennessee game, he missed seven straight in practice. Bloody hell. Which is never, he's never seen that before. And yet against Tennessee, he was, well, we all know what happened against Tennessee. He was money, uh, Mac, wasn't he? Um, but that was very interesting. But Darren still has full confidence in him. Now, Kevin Huber, on the other other hand, old Hubes, and uh, that might be a dis- different position. Here's, here's Darren. Well, I think he's been he's been struggling a little bit. That's that's no secret. And I think he'll be the first to tell you that. It's uh, he's got himself he got himself in a bit of a slump too. That uh, I think he, he made a pretty good analogy. He said he's he's great on the practice range. He's not taking it to the first tee. And he's been his practice has been pretty solid. Um, his pregame warmups have been solid. He's just not taking it for the game. He's, he's got to figure out how to get that, you know, from the range over to the first tee. And uh, he's just not doing a very good job of that right now. Are you seeing mechanically uh, what's going on with him? Is it? Look, let me ask you this: Is it harder to spot the mechanics of a punter and a kicker? Is it different? Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're different because it's two completely different swings. You know, everything in punting is straight. It's a linear, it's a straight line. The other thing kicking is centrifugal, it's around. So, um, you know, there's a big difference between the two. Um, you know, with Kevin, a lot of his feel, um, I've always felt that way with him. Um, you know, without getting too technical, there's a lot of things going into it. His get-off time's got to be quick and urgent. 
you know, sometimes he overstrides a little bit, which makes it difficult to get the ball out away from him. Again, I'm trying not to be too technical, but there's just a variety of things that have figured into his inconsistency. And uh, it's just been a, a myriad of those issues. And I think as you get older, you know, your margin for error becomes really small. Some of these guys are, that are real strong and real powerful have young, young legs, you know, can get away with some things, can get away with the get off times being a little slower, get away with the drop not being exactly the right spot. They can adjust. And, uh, um, you know, his, his margin for error with some of that stuff is just, it's just reduced, you know, compared to what it used to be. He also went on to say that Drew Chrisman is suited up in pre-game warm-ups and is kind of alternating reps just to get him used to game day atmosphere. And uh, he also kind of shares reps with Kev Huber in practice. And Jeff Hobson asked the question, is this, are you going to make a change in, in, in the, during the bye week? And Darren says, well, oh. we'll see. He, he would neither confirm nor deny it. And, you know, he, he said that Kev's aware of it, as you heard there, and um, things might be just catching up with him. So we'll have to watch this space, really, I think, with that. Yeah, I think with Kev, whatever happens there, he got the all-time leading appearances for the Bengals. That's a very cherished and meaningful stat. He's a great guy. He knows that if he goes out that he's been given a fair chance. He's got a great relationship with Darren Simmons and the Bengals organization. So if anything is to go wrong with Drew um, when he steps in, there's no doubt that Kev will be available and you could bring him back in. But I know a lot of people have been very high on Drew and what he brings to the team. And he's a young lad. He's ready to go. uh, I'm happy if they believe if, if, you know, Darren Simmons, thinks it's the right move to make. He sees them every day. They're practicing side by side. Yeah. I think originally they said in the off-season that Drew had a bit a bit of a, a longer boot on him, whereas Kev was a little bit more accurate, had a bit more hang time or something similar to that. So I don't think, and I hope, there wouldn't be much difference either way. You might have a few extra yards on it with Drew coming in there and, and booming him deep with his younger, more youthful leg. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know... We'll I'm have to wait and see. Whatever happens there, I'll let Darren be the decider of that, and I'll go with whatever he thinks. Well, that's very, very good of you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get too involved, you know. So no, exactly. Sometimes you have to, right? But not no, I on do this sometimes. Ca- yeah, yeah sometimes. Me, you know, me and Lou will have a chat, or me and Zach. But you know, with Darren, I'm trusting him with the punting situation yeah, to, yeah. to make the right call. Well, that's very magnanimous of you. Um, listen, um, <laughs> it was a great performance. We we're going into the bye week on a, with a bit of momentum. We're five and four. You know, exactly the same record as we were going into the bye week last season. Now, obviously, we know what happened last season. That's no guarantee that something similar is going to happen. But it's it's interesting that we are in the same position as last year. Um, where do you see it? Are you, you okay with the team at the moment? Are you okay? They, they feel as though they're figuring some stuff out. They look dangerous. On offense, they're playing well on defense, uh, but they just can't afford to have the stinkers that they did against the Browns. I'm okay with where we are. Yeah. Last week, everyone was ready to burn the thing to the ground, and there was talk of trading away players, and oh, it's all over, and it was very dramatic. I thought um, you get a great win against the Panthers. Who I know the Panthers are two and seven, but they beat they beat the Bucks quite handily. They've ran a lot of teams close throughout their season they've got some good players and we made them look pretty pathetic if truth be told so all of a sudden everyone's back on the high horse you're five and four and people you know getting the positive stats out and they're willing to sort of jump back on board the train so you look at it objectively five and four is a reasonable position to be in i think looking at the schedule you've probably run considering the sort of players we've had to play along the way it's not been you know, necessarily um, on paper, some of the teams that you would have expected to face. You know, we got a bit lucky with Tua being out for the Dolphins. They look a very, very good team at the moment. Um, you know, we got Andy Dalton with the Saints. We got Joe Flacco with the Jets. We, it's been quite a fortunate um, sort of run for the Bengals. But I, you look at that schedule, you probably want at least another win in there. You can, we always go back to that Steelers game in week yeah. one at home. That yeah. was a really big missed opportunity, I think, for the Bengals. It, not only was it a dreadful Steelers team and a dreadful, dreadful performance, probably our worst 
of the season, probably worse than that Browns game, um, I would say. Yeah. Um, considering it was at home and everything else, and we just had a chip shot to win it twice, I think that's a stinger. I think if you were six and um, three, I mean, yeah. you know, the whole team, the fans, you'd say, that's great. That's a really strong position. We need four wins from the last um, eight, and that gets you quite comfortably, I think, towards the playoffs. If you win five, probably wins you the division, and I think you feel very good about it. Um, in terms of how they're playing, the injuries are a big factor, aren't they? Obviously, Jamar yeah. Chase, you hope to get him back in a couple of weeks, so you're going to have him for those big games down the stretch. You're obviously DJ Reader, you'd hope to be in the same position. Yeah, they're talking about Reader. Well, they seem to intimate that Reader should or could be back by the Pittsburgh game, so that, yeah. that'll be big. Well, that's, I mean, that's absolutely massive. Um I think the one thing that's important going down the stretch, just give a bit of hope, and I've harked on about this so many times, but you have got um, the, the last six games, four of them are at home, um, yeah, yeah. and they're the, they're the more difficult of the games. You know, you've got to play the Bills in there, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Bucks, the Chiefs and the Browns, and Browns with Deshaun Watson. So the fact that four out of the six are at home, that's a, certainly a positive. Um, but it is going to be difficult. Um I don't doubt that this team has got another five wins in them. Right. If Jamar okay. Chase comes back right. and DJ Reader comes back, I think for the most part, it's a very good football team. There's slip-ups, and I think they need to figure out what's going on with these primetime games. And I'm delighted that it was announced today that that Steelers game is no longer in primetime. Uh, has it? That's interesting. It's uh, been okay. moved and flexed out of it now and is in yeah. the, um, the UK time, the 9.25 slot, which uh, is the, okay. that's the 4.25 cool. slot over on the East Coast of yeah. the state. So yeah. that's massive because... I know it's not a big deal. It's the same team. It's the same everything. But the way this team plays away in prime time is not is really poor. And yeah. I don't know if mentally that will have any impact. It, it shouldn't do. But it, you know, even just to me as a fan, I think it's yeah. you know slightly more palatable um, to be at that time. So that's a big one. Um, but. Yeah, I think they're a very good football team. I, I, the, the game against the Browns and the game against the Steelers were real, pretty awful performances. And, that's, and, the, and, the, and the games against, and we're obviously 0-3 in the, in the division, which is a bit of a problem. So they really need to, to steam it this second half of yeah. the season, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. There's been some great performances in there. They're, they're, I mean, if they could play the NFC South every week, you'd be very, <laughs> know, very pleased. Right? You know, their their offense has been really turned up in those games. Um, they gave the Ravens a fair go of it, didn't they? It was always going to be a difficult game. Well, arguably, should have um, won that one as well. Really, yeah. They, they had a they, obviously, three of the losses in there have been by field goals at the gun. So it's not like they've been outplayed in many games. They got outplayed handily, and you have to take your hat off to the Browns. That's the one game they really got slapped about in, and mm. I think we all want to forget that one sooner rather than later. That's the only game that you'd say yeah. what well, absolutely wasn't good enough. But if this team can just step up, it's all it needs to do. It did it last year. You know, do the, I've always made the comparison the whole year with the Bengals that they've been a bit like a sort of quality player that yeah. plays better in the big games that matter. And I'm not saying for a second the game against the Browns doesn't matter or Steelers in the first game of the season. But I think this team has got another gear. And when they play the Chiefs, they play the Bills, they play the Ravens, they play Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think they may just say, look, come on in, let's get together here and just take it to a to the next level. Because you don't see teams very often going, you know, 15 wins, 14 wins. There's mm. all these teams, no matter how good they are, if they're the Chiefs, if they're the Bills, if they're the Vikings, there's always a couple of stupid losses in there and yeah. inexplicable performances. You know, it's a long season. There's a lot of factors that go into it. There's a lot of luck. There's a lot of injuries. So you can't expect the team just to be perfect and just you know constantly turn up every week and play its best game. But I do think the Bengals have got another gear to them. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you get DJ Reader back and you get Jamar Chase back, that's only going to add to that. So I I think eight games left. I think that the, I really think the target for this team is six wins. I know that's optimistic, but I think you can win six games if you win five. That will do. If you win four, you're going to be looking around and needing some favours. But it's still very possible with three teams getting in the wild card spot that you make it um, with nine wins. So, but I think you have to set the target at six. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Tough games, some good games, hopefully coming up. And I think it's all about consistency now, isn't it? I mean, we've been fairly inconsistent, and the record five and four proves that we are a good team, but really kind of very inconsistent. So. Yep. And that I've heard that word a lot 
in the last couple of days around the stadium, consistency, and that's what they're striving for and, and asking themselves, how do you attain it? And it seems to be just that repetition of doing the same things every day, maintaining those good habits that, that should transfer. Yeah. And also winning also breeds confidence and consistency as well. So. Exactly. And you, but you, you talk, we talked about it the whole episode. Evan McPherson, inconsistent. He's not playing as we know he should. The run game has been completely out of sorts, but then turns up and has a literally all-time performance yeah. randomly against the Panthers. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. The line has been terrible at times. And you hearing all those stats on the broadcast, you wouldn't have heard them some because you're in the stands cheering us on to the biggest win of the season. But <laughs> know, right? talking about it's the hundredth time that Joe Burrow has been sacked since the start of 2021, making a real big point about how often he's getting hit. But then there have been games this season with that line, especially the one um, against the Panthers where, you know, the blocking, like, the lanes for the running game were a lot better and they have yeah, protected yeah. Joe Burrow better than they did at the start of the season. And I think certainly better than we saw most of last season. So I'm, I'm encouraged as where we are as a team. We need to keep healthy. We need to keep people on the field. But I really believe this team will come into its own down the stretch. And I know it's frustrating with games like the Browns, but I, I really do believe we're heading in the right direction. So um, any kind of half-term... MVPs, you know, who have you, th who, who have you thought that's played really well on offense? Is it Joe Boy? Is it... Uh... Oh, you know, the funny with Joe Boy, isn't it? Because I, I don't actually... I think he's played well. But I, I, in my mind, I'm like, I almost naively perhaps expected more from him. But then he, he has been fantastic. His yeah. stats-wise, you know, 2,535 yards. He's well on course for four and a half, five thousand 5,000 yards. He's... His rating is over 100, 102.6. He's only thrown six interceptions in nine games. That's fantastic. And you take that Steelers game out, he's only thrown two in eight games, which is absurd. It's sort of like Tom Brady-esque in terms of his control and mm. looking after the football. Um, his last four games, he's gone above 70% every time in terms of his completion percentage. You know, he really has got better and better. Yeah. Um, there's that one game in there that was outrageous against the Falcons where he torched the practice squad. Um, but again, like I, you don't want to get too excited about a game like that. Um, what I want to see from Joe Boy, though, I want to see him up against a real a real good defense because yeah. he, he struggled a bit against the Ravens. That one wasn't one of his best performances of the year. One touchdown, one pick, 217 yards. The Browns have got a good defense. We know that we struggled in that game. And apart from the pass to Higgins, it was a real lackluster effort he's excelled against the saints the falcons the panthers yeah, to an extent. yeah yeah um but again the cowboys he struggled you know amika parsons there so i mean it wasn't just him though the whole offense that, did to be I, fair i know, you know i know but you know we're greedy i'm greedy i'm being you expect mvp from joe boy you expect yeah, him to yeah, be yeah. you know putting up all world numbers because that's the talent we know he is if this was Andy Dalton putting up these numbers you'd be you know licking the floor mm. and it would be unbelievable so I, I think he's been excellent he's he's played very well I think he's got more to come I think he can play better um, I would say he has to be up there um, on the offensive side I don't think there's anyone really on the offense that you could say you know Jamar Chase was was doing well but again he had some struggles and some drops and some fumbles and and that you certainly, apart from that game against the Panthers, wouldn't look at Joe Mixon and say the run game is, you deserves anything close to an MVP-like performance. For me, MVPs on the team, and I've said this constantly throughout the year, is the secondary. I just think that the yeah. way Cheeto is playing, I'd probably say he was the MVP. I think he was just a, unbelievable, just hard, you know, sometimes with um, players in the secondary statistically to really fluff the stats up. But just the quality of the tackling and... You know, they were producing turnovers regularly. That secondary has been a lot of interceptions this year. I, I just think as a unit, people like Von Bell, Jesse Bates, uh, Mike Hilton, they've just been fantastic keeping yeah. this team going when the offense at times has struggled. So I think if you're going to throw out the MVP for me, it would be that that unit with a special nod to Cheeto, who I'm devastated. Yeah, I think we all has are. Gone down. And if, you know, if there's any chance that I could donate my, my leg to him, um, not that he be much use on my leg but you know that, that that's that is a big drop off for us and I'd say he probably for me is a standout player through nine games this season that's an interesting question though I'm going to throw it out to listeners which part of your body listeners would you happily donate to a player of the Bengals to make him better um well it certainly wouldn't be my leg for Cheeto maybe my 
my head. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite amusing, seeing your head on the body of Cheeto Ouzier. Um <laughs> I would like I would like to hear your voice transplanted into the voice of Joe Burrow. I think just to hear his press conferences <laughs> that would be very funny. Um, yeah, I mean I'd throw DJ Reader in there as well. I know yeah. I'm a bit of a DJ a super fan, and uh, but I genuinely thought he's you know he's giving Michael Johnson a run for his money, old DJ. He's up he? there. I've got I'm constructing a, t- a team of uh, Hirons uh, man crushes and. It's all based. So the defensive line at the moment is Mike Johnson, Geno Atkins, and uh, and DJ Reader. Cool. Um, that's actually not bad. It's not a bad team. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Between now and then, right? Our next episode, rather, let's come up with a team of uh, just man crushes. Okay, and listeners too. Please send us in your man crush. 11 they don't have to be the best players they have to be the ones that you 11's uh, a bit much in it i go five a little five aside okay yeah okay okay let's keep it flag football team then you know what i mean is that sevens i think it's sevens all right um but yeah i i would happily do that so uh listeners do get in touch with us at who underscore uk uh bengals uk on facebook uh, and and send us your man crush team um yeah, uh, that'd be interesting to see. Um, okay, Nathan, uh, I'm going to let you go because I know that you have to shoot off, don't you? And I'm going to stay here and I might lock myself in and hide so I live here constantly because I've been here like <laughs> three days in a r- or two days in a row and I don't want to go. I don't want to go, like Nathan. A, you're like a rat in the walls, son, aren't you? Like you I you've know. got loose, like people here, you scrabbling around <laughs> in the know. walls, but they can't get you out. Yeah, I, maybe not quite as dainty a touch as a rat or a rodent. I think they'd hear me. Um, knowing my luck, I'd get stuck in a vent, do you know what I mean? And uh, someone at the fire department would have to be called to remove me. Remove me. But, um, yeah, it's great to be here. It's actually very fascinating to kind of be behind the scenes a little bit, just take a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, and I must say a huge thank you to the Bengals for allowing me to do that and allowing me to convey... Uh, the atmosphere—it's kind of—it's kind of business as usual for the guys here in the media room. You know, your Paul Danas and your Jay Morrison's and your Mike Petraglias, your Jeff Hobson's—they come in here every day. It's like a—it's like an office job. Do you know what I mean? It's really, really interesting. Not um, a bad one at that. Not a bad one. I think we'd all swap, wouldn't we, if we could, to work here? Everyone's super friendly. So a huge thank you to the Bengals, Nathan. I'll see you when I see you next. I look forward to it, my son, and uh, enjoy the rest of your trip. And thank you all to you guys out there willing the Bengals to what was an absolute throlicking of a victory on Sunday. Well, I did do think that we should claim uh, claim a lot of credit for that victory, I must say. Just our sheer presence. Mate, the, the weather was like 24 degrees. I know. It looked absolutely unbelievable out there. It, it was unbelievable. I wore a shirt. I I, sorry, my voice is going a bit, but my my. <laughs> I wore a pair of shorts to a football game in November. Yeah. Insane, but there we go. Potentially not a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. My legs. But, yeah. Well, yeah. I thought you were talking about my legs. Then it wasn't a good well, thing to show off my legs. But you I know. didn't want to go down that route uh, this, <laughs> this late on a Monday. Exactly. On a Tuesday. Indeed. On a Tuesday. I'm, I'm not used to this. Oh, on mate. I, uh, the, the time difference is screwing my head up. So basically, I reveled and luxuriated in the fact that I was able to watch a Monday night game, more or less in the same time zone uh, as it was being played. Uh, I just thought that was fantastic. I loved every minute of that. Um, but of course, we've been waking up at sort of, you know, four, five, six in the morning because we're still on UK time. Do you know what I mean? But it was half six this morning. So by the time it gets aligned, I'll be ready to go back and it will screw me up for the next week. You know what I mean? But anyway, I wouldn't swap it. Cincinnati is a great city. We've had an amazing welcome from everyone. It's been truly incredible. And uh, I would recommend it to anyone uh, who is thinking of it, who has the chance to just just book those tickets and get yourself over here. It's great stuff. Anyway, Nathan, I could go on forever, but uh, I know that uh, you don't want to hear all those stories because it's just going to make you jealous. So um, I will speak to you in the next episode, my son. See you soon, my son. Cincinnati. As Nathan disappears into the ether, I will take things over 
with my Bonnie Tyler voice and uh, read you some correspondences. I set, or at least posed the question, where do you think we are? How's the season going? What do you expect from the final back end of the season? And uh, and these are your answers. So dreams of witness at D witness. Uh, hello to you, Jim. Uh, Alex Kappa seems to consistently grade well and has quietly been a superb addition to the line. LSD wheel of misfortune, the best moment of the season. Give, it gave me circular flashbacks. Sorry about that, Jim. Well, I don't know whether you enjoyed that. I, I don't know. But I think you're right. Alex Kappa has played really well and we talked about this wide zone scheme and it seemed that Mixon got the greatest success off that right-hand side in between Collins and Kappa and uh, at the uh, against the Panthers. So, yeah, I think Cap has been brilliant. And uh, Karras has been pretty solid as well, I have to say. Like we said last week, it's the interior that's been playing really, really well, or at least much better than last season. So, uh, uh, here, here, Jimmy. Uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. The Bengals get a C so far. There's too much talent on this team to have lost some of the games they have. Hopefully the Panthers game is a springboard but we've had false dawns before. The schedule the rest of the way is brutal. But if you win the division, the game is still on. Right now, the best performer overall has probably been DJ Reader. Massive to have him back soon. The worst is probably Jonah Williams, who seriously needs to up his game. And Huber, who I'm afraid isn't long for this world. Um... And I'm guessing that's the NFL world, not the world full stop. That really would be a tragedy. Sam Anger at Sam underscore Anger. First things first, I want to express my extreme jealousy of the UK gang heading over to Cincy. Looked amazing. I mean, it was, Sam. Well, there's no other way to say it, mate. And really, honestly, get yourself over, mate. Really, just do it. I would encourage anybody to make the trip over. It is a lovely wonderful city with lots of fantastic people and you get to watch the Bengals as well and the Bearcats like we did on Saturday that was weird that was bonkers that was I'd never been to a college I'm not big on college football but I, but we went to the uh, the Bearcats game at Nippet Stadium you know historic stadium and it was fantastic you saw we did a bit of tailgating and we saw the the marching band stride by by playing their tunes. You get into the stadium, the game starts, and then there's a bit of football, and then the band starts playing, uh, and then there's some like crazy physical challenges on the field. Like, you know, they select fans to do these physical challenges. Then there's some more football, there's some more band. It's like a game show mixed with a sports show, mixed with a live music show. It's it's insane. Uh, it was very enjoyable indeed, I must say. Anyway, back to Sam. Favourite moment so far, Joe Mix getting the five. Needs to get that confidence going early in games more. Things to improve on, winning the damn divisional games, definitely. And Sam concludes by saying, I still think we're going to the playoffs, but the most important games for us um, are going forward are the divisional ones. It's not the easiest of schedules. Looking at the fixtures coming up, I think we'll go three and two away from the division, so it'll be close. Ten wins will get us there. Here, here. Right, Peter Blake at Parker Blake 60. OLYs, good, Karras, bad, Collins, ugly, Williams. Um, I guess that was right, although they all played well on uh, uh, at the weekend, so here's to, here's, to, here's to more consistency there. Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. Looks like you had a great trip, guys. For me, a C. We've the same record as we did this at this stage last year. The only difference now is there is an expectation for us to go on and repeat. That might be our downfall. Depth in all areas will be tested on a very tough running. That's a really good point, Killian. You know, I think we. I think I said it early. You know, the just because we're at the same record as last year at the same time it doesn't mean that we're going to do the same thing as we did last year but what I do think that gives you is confidence you know a quiet confidence that everything can be all right we did it last year we know what to do we know what we need to do uh, and that gives you a kind of like yeah okay now it's almost like a as Brian said in the interview almost like a playoff mindset you know every game it's like a knockout scenario. You see how congested the playoff pitch is, and we're just below the line at the moment. But um, there's certainly 
uh, a chance to to claw that back. Man Abelhosen at the Fireman. Solidando. Um, honestly, uh, Man has been a uh, an interactor, an interactor with this podcast for a long time. And uh, I walked down into the lobby of our hotel, and there's this very handsome gentleman that strides up to me and introduces himself. And who is it but none other than the fireman himself? Man Abelhosen was in town in the same hotel, and I'm, I'm here to report to you that he is uh, one of the loveliest men that you will ever meet. And what a privilege it was to spend some time with Man. And I know that all our crew felt that. He treated us really well, gave us a big warm welcome. And uh, honestly, what a, I mean, this is what it's all about. When you come over, you meet people that, uh, you know, people come up to me saying, I love your podcast, man. I listen to that. And, blah, blah, blah. and you're like, really? That's weird. Um, you know, hey, yeah, I follow you on Twitter. You know, it's all about that. It's all making connections. You know, it's an incredible thing. So, uh, anyway, I haven't even got to Marne's Abelhosen. Your check's in the post, Marne, after all those kind words. Offence gets a C+. The inconsistency of the offensive line is, has limited the unit. Defence, A-. minus. Obviously, the strength of the team. Sack numbers are down. Would like that number to increase. Cheeto injury concerning. Special teams, a C. We need a change at punter. Will that be happening soon? I don't know. Uh, John Ward at John Ward, 31. Almost the exact same record. Sorry, almost the exact same spot as last season going into the bye. We've got a tough run in, but they said that last year too. It's going to be a bit more difficult with the current North standings. But if we can get DJ and Jamar back and others stay healthy and get hot, you never know. Well, indeed, you never know. Uh, Matt Gibbs at Wakey Ram. Pollock looked doomed as uh, uh, his his O-line and run game coordinator and then has a worldie. Grade is best summed up with a... And Matt drops in a shrug emoji. Um, There he also goes on to say it really does go from good to bad, game by game. And I think it, it... you know, that speaks to the consistency that they're just striving for and uh, searching for. Sam Reeve at Johnny Prong. B minus overall and would have said run game needed to improve. Then Mixon runs in four touchdowns. Steelers game after the bye seems pivotal with players recovering, coming back. Reader, Hilton and possibly Chase return then or later in the season. Defence solid, but offence inconsistent, but thrilling. Exactly, when they're on it, they are thrilling to watch. Goodness me, it really was. I mean, that was very evident on Sunday. It was like proper knife-through-butter stuff. Absolute, a scythe through a field of wheat. That's what it was like. Uh, Bridge of a size at Bridge of a size. Uh, to quote Marky e. Smith, finally our wins add up to one hand. Oh, you know how to push my bread button, my buttons. You leave my Bruttons alone, young man. Um, positives, defence and Joey B. Negatives, run game, yes, even with last week. And punting. Uh, but we have options to improve those. Playoffs, ahoy, ho, indeed. Um, Martin at Dorset Bengal. Finally, uh, we'll end on Martin. Home games, full to the brim, has been fantastic. The atmosphere has been brilliant. The downside of the season has been the infuriating lack of consistency from the offence. P.S. If you're still in Cincy, grab a lavender muffin. Okay, from Sherbrooke, Cyprus, next to Philly Market for me, please. Uh, is that some sort of euphemism? I don't, I've never heard of a lavender muffin. Um, I'll, I'll investigate Martin and get back to you privately on that matter uh, to clarify what you mean by a lavender muffin. Uh, <laughs> right, okay, I'm going to go and gargle with some salty liquid, I think, and try and get my voice back to its usual resonant, sultry tones. And uh, once again, I'll say thank you, a huge thank you to the group that came out. What a, again, special group of people we had over. Um, Friendships were made, memories were created, and uh, cameras were lost. But anyway, that's another story. Um, Good luck to those guys who've just got home. And uh, I will be in Cincy until the weekend, uh, going to 
do some exploring and some really quite heavy eating of disgustingly delicious foods. Might even chow down on a lavender muffin, whatever the hell is that is. So until next week, dear listeners, it is a who date from me. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.